Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's Darren, and it's my pleasure this morning to welcome you to today's talk, which is called The Living God Who Blesses. And it is a continuation of our series where we've been looking at the living God who works through people just like us, which comes from the book of James 5.17, where James writes that Elijah was a man just like us. So we're looking at the stories of Elijah and Elisha in the Old Testament. And it is really important that we remember that they were people just like us. Because when you think about some of the stories we read in the Bible, they happened such a long time ago, such a faraway place, very distant time, different, distant culture, and we can feel a real disconnect between the then and the now. But they were people just like us, which means they weren't perfect. They were just like us. And today we're going to be looking at uh, Elisha, who Jonathan last week re reminded us that Elisha had inherited a double portion of Elijah's spirit and was carrying on the ministry of Elijah. But Elisha wasn't perfect. He was a man just like us as well. And there's a little story in 2 Kings 2 where we see that very clearly. Now, before I go on, I'll just take a moment to declare what I think is an undisputed and well-known fact. And it's this. The coolest guys on the planet have no hair. <laughs> Am I hopefully not the only one here who thinks that? Maybe there are two or three of you here who probably agree with me. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And we know Elisha was one, of us, was one of us cool dudes. He had no hair. And in 2 Kings 2, what happens is he is mocked. He's jeered by some youths who call him Baldy. Go on, Baldy. Go on, Baldy. And Elisha, being a man just like us, well, he's not happy about that. He's quite hurt, quite offended. And his reaction to that isn't very Christ-like. There was no turn the other cheek, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, with Elisha's response. No, he was very angry. And you can read about that in 2 Kings 2. However, God used Elisha mightily to bless other people. And if we could have the first slide, please, Jane. This here is my very first memory and encounter with Elisha when I was a kid. I was given this comic Bible. Look at that, kids. Comic book. I still have this. I still love it to this day. Comics aren't just for kids, I believe. I still love comic books and stuff. And so... This was my first encounter, and I love the fact that they've got him there with no hair. You know, so they've really paid attention to the detail there and so forth. But this was my first encounter. Before I'd even heard of Elisha, it was through this comic. And it's ironic that that comic actually talks about the, some of the stories we're going to be looking at today. Uh, the first story we're going to be looking at is a story of God's provision. And the second story is a story of restoration. So the first story we're going to be looking at is from 2 Kings, chapter 4. I'm going to start by reading verses 1 to 7 from the NIV. So this is a story called The Widow's Oil, 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. 
But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterward shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So we have here a supernatural event where this widow's oil has been multiplied. The multiplications, the miraculous multiplication of things is something which we know God is, loves to do. We see that in the story of Elijah earlier on in the widow of Zarephath where a similar miracle took place with flour and oil where God multiplied it through Elijah. We see it in the New Testament when Jesus feeds the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes where loaves and fishes were multiplied where they could feed 5,000 people from five loaves and two fishes to the point where there was an abundant overflowing. There was stuff left over. And it was the same here, the abundant, miraculous multiplication and provision of oil being multiplied so that this widow and her two sons could live on what was left over. But as I was reflecting on this, what, before the widow could receive the miracle of provision from the Lord, what did she have to do? It didn't just happen. First thing she did was she cried out to Elisha. If she hadn't gone to Elisha, she would not have received that provision. And what I felt the Lord was saying when that struck me was that, was this, don't suffer in silence. What's your need? Don't keep it bottled up. We are not meant to go through life hiding and trying to solve all our burdens on our own. We are to be community. We are to seek help and support. It's so important. And when she had cried out to Elisha, who she knew was a trustworthy man of God, she was seeking wise counsel from somebody who she knew was a man of God. And when she had done that, and she had received instructions through Elisha, which she knew were instructions coming from the Lord, she obeyed those instructions exactly. So she cried out, and she obeyed. I love even the detail to, to the point of shutting the door behind her, as Elisha had said. And she trusted God with what she had, which shows faith. It, it, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? You think, oh, well, I've only got a little bit of oil. How am I going to fill up jars with that? But she acted in faith. She cried out, she received the instructions, and she acted and trusted God with what she had. What about us this morning? What, what about you in, the, in, the, in these tough times that we're in? 
When you look at the store cupboards of your life, what do you see in there? Do you see just a few jars of oil? What do you see? Do you, you might think, do you know what? I've got nothing. Lord, I'm really, this, this, this widow was in a, in a really stressful... Can you imagine? You're going to have your sons taken away into slavery. You're in debt. You can't see any way out of it. When we're stuck, when we're, when we're in desperate times, what do we do? I think there's some examples here. We can really learn to cry out to God, talk to someone, talk to someone trustworthy, get some, get some help, get some advice. When God speaks to you, do what he says. When you get a clear instruction from the Lord, and trust him with the little you have. God's given us all something. It might not feel like a lot to us, but in the hands of the Lord, the little we have can be multiplied, it can be transformed. It's a supernatural thing. So don't suffer in silence. Cry out, obey, and trust the Lord. Because God's heart is to bless. And we see that very clearly in this little story here. The next story we're going to look at follows on from from that widow's story. And it's about a Shunammite woman. And she's called that because she's from a small town called Shunam. And so I'm going to carry on reading now from uh, 2 Kings 4. I'm going to read from verses 8 to 17. One day Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put, put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shumanite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, well, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Don't mislead your servant, O man of God. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. And when I read this story, the thing that struck me was a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 11.25, where it says that a generous person will be blessed. Someone who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. And we see that here very clearly. This lady was generous. She was hospitable. She was supportive of Elisha's ministry. Elisha would go there for a meal, drop by whatever he was in the area, and then she even built a room, had a room built for him on the roof of her house. Incredibly welcoming, incredibly generous. You know, the life of a prophet was hard. They're going around, and when they find a place, a haven like that, a place where they can rest, put their head down, have a good meal, it's a huge 
blessing for someone who's, who's living that kind of life and serving God in that way. So we see her generosity. And I know a number of us here this morning have had the, the great privilege of going to Russia a number of times. And we have been so blessed by the, hosp- the hospitality and the welcome we've received from the local people there. We've gone out there to serve churches and it wouldn't have been possible without the kind-hearted people that are opening their homes to us, sharing their food with us, literally breaking bread with us, and treating us almost like family, Christians, brothers and sisters. Because of their hospitality and their generosity, we've had some really wonderful trips out there because of people's um, attitudes like, like the Shumanite women had. But I think, I think a really important part here, though, is that this Shumanite woman, as we can see, didn't have any children. And her husband was old. Now we know in the culture of that time, to not have children was a huge source of shame and disgrace. Very clear parallel here with the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah, who were the parents of John the Baptist. They had no children until late in life, and yet they remained faithful and devout, serving God. And it's the same with this lady here. She was generous and supportive of a man of God's ministry, and yet she herself hadn't received the blessing of a child. But there was no bitterness here. There was no resentment. She remained tender-hearted and supportive of what God was doing. And in return, she received a blessing that she probably couldn't have even ever imagined that she would get. And we can see here that she has been disappointed before don't get my hopes up kind of thing. You know, this has been almost like a distant dream that she's kind of suppressed almost, but God, God saw what her heart's desire was and gave her the son that she never thought she would have. So her, her faithfulness and her attitude, despite disappointment, was she got a blessing. So she remained a blessing in the face of disappointment. She was a blessing to others and she herself got blessed. And this story continues. I'm going to read now from verses 18 to 37 to see what happens next to this, to this woman and, and the son that she's had. From verse 18, The child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told a servant, Carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, The boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey, so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. 
Did I ask you for a son, my lord, she said? Didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out upon him, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. And he did. When she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. So what we see here is that the son, God, had given this woman, this faithful woman, died. How, how awful is that? The blessing that you've received has been taken from you. Heartbreaking. And how do you explain it? Well, I believe there are things that we can't explain. How do you explain that? And we see that even Elisha, so full of the power of God as he was, in verse 27 says, she's in distress, the Lord has hidden it from me, and I don't know why. Even Elisha couldn't see all things. And there's a parallel here as well in the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath when the lady who has fed him, blessed him, her son dies. And Elijah as well says, Lord, why? Why have you taken her son? We don't know why, but we know God is good and God has a plan and he knows why these things happen and we can't, we can't explain these things. But we, what we do see in the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath and the story here with Elisha and the Shumanite woman is that with God all things are possible as it says in Matthew 19, 26, we see here, supernaturally, that God, Elisha cries out to God in the same way that Elisha, Elijah cried out to God. And in both instances, these children were brought back to life, supernaturally. But it's a mystery beyond our understanding. But what I love here is the response of the mother, the Shunite woman, when, when her son is restored and brought back to life, Elisha calls her and says, come, take your son. Can you imagine how she must have felt? Overjoyed. My child, who I thought I'd lost, I now have him back. Just imagine the emotions there. Can't even begin to imagine how she must have felt. But she doesn't rush to grab her child first thing she does is she falls to the ground, bows down in thanksgiving and then she takes her son 
And what struck me there was when things when we're in a a tough circumstance, we'll often go to to the Lord first. I've got I've got friends of mine who are atheists. They don't have any faith. Or they say they they say they don't have any faith. But when they're in real trouble, they'll say to me, Can you pray for me? Can you pray about this situation? So I think when we're really up against it, we will cry out to God first. But then when we get what we've been praying for, it's a miracle that's happened, are we as quick to say thank you? Or do we just rush and say, yeah, you know, I've made it now, you know, I've, I've got this thing, I've passed this exam or whatever it is. Yeah, I've made it now, I'm okay. But, or, but do we first take the time to say thank you, like, like this lady did? Obviously, this is a heartbreaking and, and mysterious event, but we know God is good. And we trust and we put our, our faith and our trust in him. And you know, this talk is called The Living God Blesses. And he blesses in ways which can be massive or subtle, unexpected. For myself, a little while back, I was really... Um, down about something, I was really worried, I was quite anxious about something, and I was in Peterborough city centre and I was walking along, I was talking to God, and I think because I was so down, I was walking with my head like this, cut face down to the ground, which isn't what I normally do, but I was really bugged by something, and um, I saw what looked like a post-it note um, on, the, on the pavement. And it seemed to have some words written on it. Just, just as I was crying out to God at that moment, just that split second, and it said, everything will be okay, with a smile on it. It's like, wow. I was really struck by it. I was really, it's like a gut punch. I was walking, I walked past it. I thought, you know what, I believe God's spoken to me. I'm going to go back and take a picture of it. So I went back. I took a photo. Jane, can we have the next slide, please? Thank you. There it is. It was on the pavement. I took, and... And it was quite near a bus stop, and the people were thinking, what's he doing? You know, and I just took this picture, because I knew God had spoken to me really powerfully through that. Carried on walking, and I, th- and I thought, no, I know that's for me. So I went back and I picked it up, and uh, here it is in my pocket. <laughs> so I picked it up, because I knew that God had really powerfully spoken to me, and that reassured me somehow. I couldn't see, th- I couldn't see the solution to what I was going through, and, uh, you know, and I still can't. You know, I still don't know what the solution is to, to some of the stuff that I'm facing, but I've got that reassurance that somehow everything is going to be okay. And I just have to trust God with that, and I believe God is a good God. He's a good, good Father. Things happen in life and we don't know why, but we know he is good and he is faithful. And he's alive. This, this series is, is the living God. So he's not asleep. He hears our prayers. And so I'm going to close in prayer. But what I'm going to do, um, I'm also going to invite the band up. And I would also like to extend this opportunity to anybody here. If you are in a situation where you are facing a real crisis at the minute, of provision whatever that might be, whatever that might look like for you. What, do you. what is it you need right now? Do you need something from God? Do you need a touch? Do you need his touch right today? Is it, a, is it an emotional provision? Is it a financial provision? What is it? 
that you, that you need God to provide for you? Is it healing? Is it restoration? How's your heart this morning? Is it, is, is, are you in pain this morning? Are you aching? Do you need God to restore something that you've lost? So you think, God, how am I going to get this back? I've lost this. I've lost this opportunity. Or I've lost this dream. I've lost this, this blessing that I thought you'd given me. I've lost it. What can I do? do you, if, you, if you want prayer for anything, God is alive and well and he hears our prayers. So we're going to invite you to come forward and while the band play in a moment. So I'm just going to close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are the living God who blesses us. We thank you for the stories we have in your word that remind us of your power, that you are the God who can restore, the God who heals, the God who provides. Thank you, Lord, that you hear every prayer, that you care about us, Lord, you see our needs. Every need in this room, Lord, spoken or unspoken, you see it, and you care, Lord. You care, you care about every circumstance that we're going through in our lives. You're with us and you're for us. And you are the God who loves to bless us. We thank you for the heart you have for us. And we give you glory, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for being our good, good Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.